0: Okay, so, all right. Welcome to the Digital Insurance Pint podcast. I'm your host, Tom Reed, President of GR, Consulting. I'm joined again by Adam Mitchell, President of Mitchell & Whale, Steve Earle, President of Cheap Insurance, and Jeff Roy, President of Excalibur Insurance. Today's episode is talking about the COVID uh, required shift to working from home. We're looking for the perspective of our three panelists here and, and uh, some other stories. So, well, guys, Canada had its first COVID case uh, January 25th, right? So, that was one of the first instance of COVID affecting this country. Uh, the World Health Organization declared a global pandemic on March 11th. And then, specifically in Ontario, uh, the government uh, of Ontario declared an emergency situation on March the 7th. Um, so, uh, just relative to those dates, when did you guys start preparing to go remote? Right, so maybe uh, Jeff, I'll get you to go
1: first. Yeah, we, uh, we we were monitoring the situation like the rest of the world and watched the, as the dominoes started falling uh, from China all the way over to Canada, started getting more and more into it at that point. Uh, we noticed there was a big, uh, shift about march 5th uh we our management team met and started going through scenarios realizing that things could escalate a lot more and uh so we started making plans on march 5th and then i decided to go on the holidays on march 12th and left for mexico there was 10 cases in mexico our government said hey it's fine to travel and uh all of a sudden on the, the following monday i left on march 12th uh three or four days later trudeau has us coming home and i'm in a foreign country and i have to to figure out, actually execute our plan. Uh, so we actually went into hyper-execution mode at that point and shut the doors and started moving people home then. Uh, we were an essential service in rural Ontario, so we kept staff in our buildings. We didn't shut completely down. Some of the other offices may have had a different stance, but uh, that's kind of the change events, <clears> and <throat> we started shipping people home then and figuring it out.
0: All right, awesome. Thanks, Jeff. And it's uh could have been worse. It could have been on a cruise ship on uh, March the 15th. <laughs> For sure. (laughs) All right, Steve, let's go to the other end of the country here. Um, When did you uh, guys decide to uh, –
2: when when did you start planning to go remote? Well, for cheap insurance, we didn't do a thing. Everybody already worked from home. Everything was already 100% digital. All communications are digital. The biggest challenge at cheap we had was uh, who's going to go to the mailbox? That's it. That's the only question that came up. With COVID. Oh. The traditional shop, different story. Um, sort of the same thing as Jeff. Uh, we kind of didn't take it all that seriously until probably the the middle of the week, uh, like the 11th, 12th. We're just kind of toying with the idea of what to do. But uh, by Friday, we diso- decided we were shutting her down on Monday, the 16th, and nobody came in and we came up with a uh, work from home. <clears throat> plan and duct tapes and band-aids and everything on the technology to get everybody home really quick the phone system was a big challenge uh, how to work from uh, cell phones and your staff because we didn't have the technology our phone system is about 10 years old it was on the agenda to update like a like a number of people I've talked to and we hadn't done it yet so it didn't have the full functionality that we would like to have seen that was the biggest challenge was telephone yeah. and the calls and we did not know the wave of calls that were freaking coming our way uh, awesome we'll get it we'll get into
0: that uh, that, uh a bit later miss go over to adam here adam so we've heard you know jeff essential service stayed in the office for you know until they weren't allowed to and you know cheap was able to essentially just turn the page without having any sort of uh di- disruption at all where, where do you fall in that spectrum adam yeah in the middle so we moved a little earlier and in
3: the first week of march we were starting to meet and whiteboard with um leadership and we were trying to get an idea for what were the triggers of the events um going to be what would happen if this happened then what would lock down and where people would go and i think we were still trying to get a feel for how serious this thing was um but by the monday um second week into march um i remember texting Jeff when he was on vacation, he was trying to figure out what
0: our plan was and we were we were mid sending everybody home. Great, thank you. So, uh, all right, so let's, um, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, start, I'll start with Steve. Well, actually forget Steve, because everything went according to plan for you. Adam, what, uh, what went according to plan? What went according what, to plan? I'll, I'll, ask you, I'll ask you two it, questions it, at the same time. What went according to plan and what didn't? Yeah, um,
3: so we did, a, we did a really good job um, getting the leadership team and the tech team together to provision enough machines and get enough hardware to get everybody home and set up with quality. Um, so I'll say it was, it was a grind, a lot of hours going chaotic, and I personally sat in the boardroom assembling computers for everybody and dropping them into boxes to get moved home, um, and we, that went to plan. It went pretty well. It was clunky, but it went well. Um, what didn't go to plan is, is none of the cell phone companies or the internet providers in all of our team's uh, hometowns were ready for the, the onslaught of everybody working from home. So although the server and the internet at the office was really good, um, them being able to get up and down from their house uh, didn't work brilliantly. And the one other thing t- to try and stay connected to the team I started doing morning daily addresses uh, first via video. And if you send 60 people uh, a five minute video update on the business, you will crash your server and all the internet you have. <laughs> that, that was a, a learning curve. We switched to audio pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, okay, awesome. All right, Jeff, what, uh, did you crash anybody's uh, home ISP or what What went according to plan, What what didn't? So we we're, uh,
1: we're, were able to get everybody hooked up. Now we did have a few challenges. We didn't have enough VPN licenses. And I think the biggest thing is having to set up security uh, because the number of cyber attacks increased greatly during COVID. And we realized that uh, we have to make sure everybody's systems at home and we had a number of staff using home systems and the ones at home had a VPN, but we'd never thought about putting virus checking on their software. So we had to install, you know, 25 versions of uh our virus checking software remotely, we had to get VPNs, so uh, once we got people home and some people took their system out of the office, some people uh, used their own system, that seemed to work very well and everybody worked great. Like Steve, our phone systems didn't handle it very well. We struggled. Uh, we didn't have the ability to, uh, you know, we had uh, we had an old system that had uh, software, so we could buy a software program. We had three soft licenses, and I tried to buy eight more licenses and realized that our nice Toshiba phone over here uh, was sold to another company and they didn't make them anymore. So I actually went in a witch hunt, and I actually found the guy that used to work at the company at the new company after making three calls. After myself, my phone provider said they couldn't get them. Two hours later, I had eight. Uh, software licenses offered to my provider and got it done and it worked and got us through but that that did not work so well the phone thing uh, we had not been using uh, uh, Microsoft Teams uh, at all and we've looked at Slack and we're using it for a marketing team so we were slow to deploy that and we're just starting to do that right now but we could have communicated a little bit better our managers communicated with each team regularly so they were doing it and I didn't do it quite as much as Adam video every day or anything Uh, but we did have a lot of people still working in the building like we had people that never left the building during COVID we did follow all the proper protocols in-house just uh, getting supplies was a bit of a challenge but uh, we were able to do it and I think everybody's kind of holy shit moment was when all of a sudden insurance became maybe not an essential service and we didn't know and if we had to put everybody home and we didn't have extra three or four days to make everybody set up I think we would have had a bit of a struggle for two days but that was some kind of wins losses and lessons
0: Awesome. Okay. So um, actually, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to go to the next question here now. So, um, and uh, maybe Steve, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you here. So what, um, how, how does your staff react? Now, you know, that might be a quick answer for you, seeing as you, know, you really didn't make that many changes, but interested in knowing how your staff react and, and maybe talk a little bit about um, how WCL Bald staff react as well.
2: As you said, cheap, There was there were no issues. The staff there was no react reaction to have. Um, with our traditional shop, um, the 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 staff were really good. In fact, uh, we got a lot of um, feedback that they were quite appreciative as to how fast we respond to getting them working from home. Because I think that they saw uh, a lot of their neighbors and stuff being laid off and so so on. So they were. were really appreciative at the time to still have work, given everything that was going on. Um, We too had to go through the process of buying hardware and buying computers and just getting what people needed hardware-wise at home. So um, the reaction overall was well. I think that the biggest struggle, though, was uh, shortly after. Um, Some people aren't equipped to work at home. The ones that have the biggest struggle, obviously, are those that were, you know, they used to have three screens at the office and now they're on a laptop with a cell phone with a toddler at their feet. That is really difficult.
1: Yeah.
0: I, can, I can imagine. <clears throat> um, Adam, maybe you can uh, add your viewpoint to that. Uh, how, did, how did your teams react um, after you, uh, <laughs> especially after you video bombed them and dropped everybody's uh, internet connection?
3: Yeah. Um... So I'll, I'll make up some numbers that sort of convey the sentiment. So we probably had uh, 60% that, that verbally or written out, wrote out like Steve and said, hey, thanks a lot for taking this seriously and acting so fast. I think we were well ahead of the curves. Um, you know, we were on the list of able to stay open, but um, you, you probably had another 30% that didn't say anything, didn't do anything. They went along with it. Um, and you had 10% that really would have rather stayed in the office. Like this was a pain. I don't want to go home. I got a lot of questions from those ones of like, Hey, can I, is this optional? Can I stay here? Can I do something? And, um, hey, our team took our leadership team took a bit of a hard line to no, know we're we're taking this as seriously as it can be. And, and we're sending it all home. And that's how we're going to operate. And I, I kept myself out of the office and our leadership out of the office in the same way. Um, so technically it all went really well. We hit, really good numbers, hit really good sales, stayed on top of it. Like from a business metric standpoint, it was great. Um, now a bunch of days in it's, uh, I think it's weighing a bit on mental health.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is uh, risk going a little bit uh, stir crazy. No doubt. Um, actually, Jeff, maybe give us uh, a, a quick sound bite on your staff reaction and we'll move on to how uh, you know, the customer's perspective.
1: Yeah, I'd say ditto the other people. Uh, the staff was very appreciative that we shut the doors as soon as we could. As soon as Trudeau went in the air, we made a decision to shut the doors that day to the public. So that was good. Uh, the, so that was a big win early on. But some of the staff wished we had communicated more. So uh, some didn't want to be communicated with too much. Others wanted more communication. So we probably should have erred in the side of communicating more frequently, improved our cadence early on. Uh, there wasn't some days a lot of changes, but I think it was still important and then we still reached out and communicated. So that could have been better. But once we got together with everybody, we talked about our power of three. Number one, keep the staff safe. That was number one. Number two, make sure we gave outstanding service to our clients. And number three, help the community out and make sure that we give back and help businesses and different things affected any way we could. So that was kind of the thing we followed through throughout the whole pandemic. We did send a thank you card about a month and a half in with a $100 visa to all our staff members saying, thanks for everything you did, you know, we want to make sure your family's safe. You're going through tough times. So we wanted to acknowledge them and uh, we just gave them a $500 uh, cash bonus about a a week ago. Again, thanking them for everything they did because they're going through a tough time. We were able to not lay everybody off. And uh, I'll be honest, when we started modeling things with the Bain study, uh, we weren't sure if we're going to have a 10, 20, 30% hit. So we had to make sure that we had money in the bank. We're financially stable to absorb anything. So it was pretty stressful for the management just to look at what could happen, but we had to make sure we're always a step ahead. So that was important. And, there, there, you know, we wanted to make sure that we always were looking out for the staff. So that's kind of how we handled it. And, uh, you know, I was very impressed with how our team did everything.
4: to see your agency succeed. Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't you survive in the competitive insurance industry? Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions today. Get started today and learn more at mbsbrokerage.com. That's where you learn more, mbsbrokerage.com. Cash certified.
0: Okay, so actually, Jeff, I going to stay with you. And I'm going to um, ask you a, a double question here. So give me, give me some feedback. So we talked to the staff. It sounds like for the most part, everything went, went really well. and People were appreciative, which is fantastic. Um, so talk to me about how your customers reacted and both from a sort of anecdotal human perspective, but also from a, uh, a numbers perspective. So, you know, we, you know we, we've all heard customers have been taking cars off the road, reducing coverage, what have you. Uh, So maybe give us a sense of what impact that's had on you uh, both uh, from a numbers perspective and sort of from the human feedback perspective from your customers.
1: Yeah, uh, I think the customers were outstanding. Like, they were very sympathetic and they understood the situation. They were grateful that we could just continue on. Like, we were, you know, some people were physically in the office, some people were remote, and they did understand that, uh, you know, if we had to take a little bit of time to get back to them, uh, they were totally appreciative of that. So, I think I was very impressed with how the customers were for us. Uh, We did struggle a bit with the company communication. uh, When the companies came out and the messages were all over the map, Our, our team had trouble. Was when the company would announce something before we heard what they were doing, and uh, we fielded a lot of calls that I think the industry could have handled better. And again, there's no roadmap for the industry. This is a black swan event, so really easy to look back and say, "Hey, you should have did this, should have done that." But we had, you know, a, a bit of a challenge there. But we try to be proactive. We sent out four emails to our clients, communicated with regular frequency. We put it on social media. We built a COVID page, all those type of things. And uh, in terms of numbers, to jump into your question, we saw, you know. Probably a hundred and eighty percent increase in negative endorsements on our numbers year over year. So, we had a lot of coverages coming off. Uh, we had about 6,000, so six thousand, so 6,500 clients. I think we saw approximately 800 to a thousand people call in on their policy. So, our staff were flooded with questions and we we're still doing our day job and adjusting to the new norm. So, that's kind of what we saw of people that called in. And we reached out to people multiple times to say, Hey, call us to go over that. We can't call every single client, but we want you to know that you can take coverages off. We're here. To to help you you know same with the business owners we try to be as responsive as we could uh so that's kind of the metrics i don't know if we're going to get in later about you know top line bottom line effects but those are some metrics i think that are important that we saw
0: yeah well maybe maybe you can just quickly talk about the impact here so you know q2 is almost almost in the books where you know are you up down sideways from q2 last year
1: uh, we're up we're off plan like we're uh, we're currently trending at seven to eight percent growth our plan was 10 and our stretch goal was 15 uh, our big problem is our leads have not slowed down we've been able to go full bore but we're down we're missing we needed to hire two people and hiring people during COVID with our traditional linear hiring process and onboarding has been challenging so we're having to figure that out so overall not not quite as good as probably Adam and Steve have done but uh, at least hasn't gone negative yet and again there's going to be 12 months of this feeding through the system and there's going to be a lot of changes and stops and starts. So there's a lot of things that could change in five seconds. So I'm, uh, I, I'm not sure I have it's not bad so far, but I think we're in for a lot more pain over the long haul. Yeah.
0: Well, well let's, we'll hear what folks, what Steve and Adam had to say momentarily. I have a hypothesis. Uh, you know, my, my view is that the total pie of insurance premium has actually shrunk a little bit as people take cars off the road, as businesses, reduce their revenues or shut down entirely. So the, you know, the, the pie that used to exist is a bit smaller. And I'm really interested to see, you know, is it uh, digital brokers, traditional brokers, direct writers, agents, I'm really interested to see who's actually winning in that, uh, in that world. So we're hearing you're up. Uh, So there's, uh, you know, obviously the three of you are digitally oriented brokers, uh, so. I'm just interested to see uh, what uh, Adam and Steve have to say, and maybe Steve will flip it over to you. Uh, so, give us a sense how did your customers react, and, and how has this impacted your uh, your top line results?
2: Um, customer reaction at the digital shop was uh, about the same as the staff. This is as usual. We uh, communicate with them regularly. They're, they're, we do a lot of self service uh, digitally. Um, the, with respect to top line at the digital shop, they grew exponentially. Their opportunity for uh, the number of quotes and leads coming in uh, grew substantially. And they were able to take advantage of that right away. I think particularly because uh, some of the competition were, like our traditional shop, were sort of scrambling, even with the, their sales staff at the time. So um, great there. The, the biggest concern I think I had at the time was retention. Uh, with, um, retention being poor anyway, I thought, oh boy, you know, like all these people losing jobs, the first thing that's going to do, like the number of NSFs is just going to skyrocket and cancellations for non-payment, but strangely, and, you know, really happy about this, that didn't really happen. Um, our retention actually increased, which, um, which is, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really strange. We'll, we'll see what comes. Uh, in the next month or so. Uh, part of that might have had to do with um, sort of the payment allowances that companies were making. So did it delay the inevitable? Uh, I'm still waiting to see that. And I thought I'd have a tsunami of uh, of cancellations for non-payment by now, but I haven't seen that happen.
0: Okay, great. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, that that uh, non-pay cancellation is still a potential uh, dark cloud uh, looming, but- um, yes. But yeah, we'll see what happens. So, I mean, so, so far, uh, you know, in fact, it sounds like it's actually positive news uh, from the perspective of cheap, which is great. And uh, maybe Adam, you want to uh, give us your perspective on uh, customer reaction uh, anecdotally and uh, on sales. Yeah. Um,
3: I, I think I'd agree with you. My general sentiment is it feels like the pie is shrinking a little bit. Everybody's taking a little bit less buying. I, uh, like uh steve we had our record ever in sort of history two months of retention um for for it would have been april and may um so on a on a i guess to answer quickly on how do customers do i found their sentiment was incredibly understanding and everybody bound together and they're really grateful and thankful we were here and able to do something and they gave us a lot of leeway in being uh you know, maybe slower to get back to them or some other things, but zero complaints. Um, now that we're into the full swing of things and people are kind of getting back to unlocked and out in the world and things, you can see much more demanding and, you know, much more uh, on top of it. And the swell of demand is really big right now. So it's, it's as if somebody, you know, put their thumb on the hose for a little bit. And if you, if you look at the Google Trends traffic, you can go for car insurance and, and watch it just get cut in half and plummet in March when everybody was sort of scared for life and dealing with all other priorities than trying to save on car insurance and that general insurance shopping. Um, but then it came back with a, with a fury. And, and so through April, May and June, it climbed up and and now we're at all time highs. Um, so on a year over year number, we just have a really big marketing engine, a really big sales team. So we're up 32% year over year in PIF count. Um, I think that would have happened with or without the pandemic. I don't think that was because of, I think it's just coincidental timing that we had been growing and working towards this. Um, Yeah. So on on a business metric standpoint, we're we're selling and renewing and doing things really well. I I think I'm also waiting for people's cash to run out into July and August and things and where the non-payments and really tough choices might happen. Uh, God help us if we get a second wave of this and what it's going to do to restaurants and the average small business. Um, I think that'll have a big trickle down. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's great. Well, interesting to see uh, going back to my, my uh, pie hypothesis that, you know, all three of you have to varying degrees. have experienced an increase, you know, when the, when the pie is shrinking and you guys are still increasing uh, or, or having, you know, good to great uh, increases, you're obviously outperforming, uh, which is, I mean, Kudos to you guys, and I, I suspect that's because you were uh, not intentionally ready for the pandemic, but just the, the business model you've chosen um, is, is, is quite suited to uh, the digitization, obviously, which the pandemic has forced. That's great. So let me move to uh, the silver lining side of the, uh, these questions here. So once the pandemic is lifted, what, what, what things do you take away from the work you've done? So you've done a ton of work moving people remotely, you know, probably invested more digital. Uh, what do you keep going forward once that pandemic is lifted and once people can go back to, you know, whatever normal is uh, in the future? And maybe Adam, uh, why don't you go first?
3: Sure. Uh, so, so what do you keep? Um, I'll, I'll just pick one. I think we, we keep the option to work remotely wherever you are in the world uh, as an option on the table. I think that stays full time. I think we, we moved a lot of great efforts, including into a big build out of a big office and had a bunch of overhead there to run one team, one culture. And I I think it'll be challenging in the future with a decentralized team to have the same sort of culture. But as people find their, their homework balance, you can get people their whole commute back, you know, a lot of quality of life. Um, We can, you know, spread around the cost of what the overhead of the office keeps us. So, this is a giant experiment. We never would have had the courage to try without COVID. Like we couldn't convince the leadership team said, Hey, you know, we're going to try for 90 days. We're going to try sending everyone in the company home. Like it just, that never would have flown. We never would have thought that was a good idea.
0: Yeah, exactly. When having lived and worked in Toronto a few times in my life, getting my commute back is is huge, right? That can be a couple hours a day for, for, for some people. So uh, no, yeah. that's great. All right, Jeff, I'm going to come over to you. So, um, You know, you're uh, obviously based in a smaller part of the world than uh, Adam is. What do you keep uh, after things could theoretically go back to normal?
1: I think just like one of the things. Adam mentioned is we're gonna to have to have a work from home policy. We've had people working from home a little bit here and there, but we've never actually formalized it. So I think it's forced us to look at it and actually write a policy out. You know, be a lot more adaptable, that like give people a little more flexibility than we had before. I still feel that there's some value in being coming into the mothership or one of the offices and being around people and seeing people, reading body language. You might call it osmosis, right? It's by learning by being around people that you can see the body language through. Zoom. but it's not the same. So I still think there's an importance of having people come into your, to the building uh, on a regular interval, whatever that is. But we we are, we're going to keep, you know, learning and measuring and giving people some flexibility, probably a little bit more so. So I think that's going to stay and obviously phone system, like we're going to crew.io. I know Steve's working on that. Also we've identified that our phone system wasn't good enough, which I knew. And I was looking for kind of the ultimate phone system to do everything I want and it's done that. So we're implementing that and uh, we are looking at putting in, uh, you know, a team viewer uh, like Microsoft teams seems to be a really good one that we like. Uh, We're looking at probably rolling that in and we didn't really have that. So making a shift more towards that area. And probably the last thing is we're looking at how do we onboard people virtually. We're building out new training so we can deliver it virtually. We didn't have that. So, so I think it's really accelerated us to do things we wouldn't have done and it's identified gaps. I think the one good thing about COVID is identified any stress point in your business and it's forced us to move a lot faster in uh, you know, days and weeks instead of years. And it's, it's been a good thing for the industry in a sense in that way. Great. Thanks, John.
0: Okay, and uh, Steve, I'm going to give you the last word for this episode. I'm going to change up the question just uh, slightly because I'm going to presuppose that your answer uh, with respect to cheap was, well, we didn't change, so we're going to keep everything the same. So I'm going to change your question a little bit. What, What practices do you think you will essentially export from cheap over to your traditional shop?
2: We actually leveraged Cheap quite a bit and the expertise over there. So we quickly brought um, operations expertise and communication expertise over to teach the traditional shop what to do and do it quickly. Um, we had to modify our broker portal. You know, we, It's no secret that we have a couple of insurers really pushing for paperless. How are we going to handle that when Cheap's already paperless? So they really helped to educate us. I think for the traditional shop, we would, the things that we'll keep are like the, uh, like the other two guys, uh, some element of, of, work from home. We'll main, we'll maintain that. What does that look like? I'm not sure. Interestingly, um, the number of applicant applicants at, at cheap for, um, we didn't even have a role posted, um, has really increased because what we're seeing is, uh, People from other um, from competitors who have gone home to work, who've now figured out that they don't want to go back, so they're not looking forward to their whatever their their employer's return to work is, and they know that Cheap is entirely a, a virtual brokerage. So um, I find that kind of interesting. But what we'll keep at the traditional shop was, you know, the mother's uh, necessities is the mother of all invention. Uh, there are some some systems. Uh, workflows that we put in uh, into place the um, the level of communication how we do it quickly and those are the sort of things that we have really had to step up our game quickly on and sort of digitize um, we'll we'll keep those for sure
0: awesome thanks so much steve And I, uh, i'm gonna close out the episode by congratulating all three of you guys on absolutely crushing it uh, through covid as um, Fantastic, fantastic examples. I've heard a lot of stories of things that haven't gone well, and you, all three of you guys have uh, come through uh, supporting your staff, supporting your clients, and you know, benefiting, uh, you know, being available, you know, being ready to, and actually executing on uh, some financial benefits there. So, well done, guys. Congratulations.